by a guy called Andrew Wilson, and it's entitled Incomparable. And it's looking at the incomparable kind of attributes of God, the unchanging characteristics of God. Is that right? Am I just checking? Last week, obviously, you were looking at the resurrection, hopefully last Sunday morning, but back into this series and this idea um, of that God is just so far above, isn't he? He is so far above anything we can understand. Um, but we try, and we're trying to have a look at that this morning. Um, I want to tell you a story, if I may. I like always like to try and start with a story, and it will tie in with the theme, which hopefully you've picked up from some of the songs. Hopefully you've picked up what the theme is, that God is faithful and true. That's what we're going to be focusing on. But I want to tell you a story. It was 1988 in Armenia, and there was a man called Samuel. And Samuel lived with his wife, Danielle, and they had a little boy called Arman. And every day before Arman went to school, Samuel would get down on his knees before his son, and he would put his hand on his shoulder, he would look into his eyes, and he would say, son, I love you. And I hope you have a wonderful day. And remember, whatever happens, I'll always be here for you. Every single day, he said that to his son, and his son would go off to school. One morning, he did that with his son. Arman went off to school. And a couple of hours later, a catastrophic and devastating earthquake hit Armenia. And Danielle and Samuel were, were hearing the news, and they were hearing that tens of thousands of people had been potentially killed, and they worried about their son. So Samuel said, I'm going to go down to the school. So he goes down to the school, and when he gets there, it is just utter devastation. There's rubble, and there's, just, there's no school. So he starts digging. And he starts pulling up bits of rubble. He's covered in dust and he's digging away. A fireman comes up and tells him he has to stop because there were fires that were breaking out amongst the rubble. But he wouldn't. He said, no, I'm digging for my son. I've got to find my son. And he kept doing that. And he kept going all through the night. He was there covered in dust. Can you imagine pulling away at rubble, <clears throat> stones. Some people actually came the next morning and were laying flowers for children that had died. They were like, you know, there's no hope. But he kept going. And finally, he got this pole and he managed to wedge this pole under a huge boulder. And he managed to prise it open. And at that moment, he heard a noise. And he listened. And then he called out and he said, Aman, is that you? And a voice came back and said, Daddy, I'm here. And he said, come out, come out. He said, no, Daddy, let the other children come out first. And finally, he came out and he hugged his dad. And as he hugged his dad, he said, I told the other children that you would come. Because you promised you would always be there.
14 children were saved that day because one father was faithful to the promise that he made. And we love stories like that, don't we? We like stories like that because they're real and we all aspire in some way to be like that, don't we? I hope. We all look for friends maybe who are like that, who when they say something, they'll do it. And it gives us that, that sense, I think, within each of us that we, we'd love to be like that, more like that. But unfortunately, we live in a broken world, don't we? And life isn't always like that. I mean, we live in a world where there are a lot of um, broken promises, aren't there? We live in a world where people lie to us all the time. You just have to turn the news on and listen to the politicians. You know, lots of broken promises. But maybe we have been the recipient of somebody deceiving us or lying to us. Maybe we've lied to others. When we talk about faithfulness, I guess for a lot of us, maybe our thoughts might go to relationships. And sometimes we might think of <clears throat> being faithful or unfaithful in a relationship. And most of the world's painful and difficult experiences come about because of broken promises and unfaithful people. Think about your own life in the context of your own story. What kind of promises have you made and not kept? Have you ever done that? Have you ever promised your partner that you'd do something and you didn't. Or maybe you promised you'd take the kids out and to do something and it didn't happen. It could be as simple as saying, well, you promised that you'd pray for somebody and you didn't. We live in a world of broken promises. I had a, a young man when I was growing up in church and, you know, we'd spend most of Sunday together. We'd be there on Sunday morning at the service. We'd play football in the afternoon for the church team and then we'd be at church in the evening and then as we came to leave, he would always say the same thing. And he would be like, I'll give you a ring during the week. He never did. It became a bit of a joke. But sometimes it can be we say something, but are we going to do what we say? And, you know, when it comes to these broken promises that we can, you know, how do we feel? Do you feel like you can't trust anybody? If we're not careful, that feeling can permeate every aspect of our lives and it can even affect our perspective on God. And so I want to talk to you this morning about God being faithful and true. And I want to encourage you that just like Samuel in the story, who would kneel before his son and say, I'll always be there for you, we have a heavenly father who is faithful and true and has promised he will always be there for us. And you might ask, well, how do I know? How do you know that God's faithful? How, 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 how do we understand that? And so if you're a, a, a believer, if you're a disciple this morning, then, then one of the main things that we can do is turn to Scripture, isn't it? And there are many passages of Scripture that talk about the faithfulness of God that talk about the fact that he keeps his promises. If you want some of those passages, go to the Psalms. 
you can go to Joshua, if you're taking notes, Joshua 23. That Joshua, at the end of his life, says not, not one of God's promises has failed. It's a beautiful passage of Scripture that everything that God said came to pass. But I want to look with you, if I may, at just a couple of passages of Scripture which speak to us about the faithfulness of God. And uh, I'm going to look at two passages. You might be slightly surprised, um, but I want to look at the book of Lamentations. Okay? Anyone familiar with the book of Lamentations? Yeah. Some of you are like, what? Not sure about that. This is a book written by a guy called Jeremiah. And Jeremiah is witnessing one of the most terrible periods in the life of Israel. You'd have to go back B.C., 586 B.C., and a world superpower called the the Babylonians have come and they've laid siege to Jerusalem and they've destroyed and they destroyed the temple and um, oh oh thanks mate thank you very much I've got three now (laughs) right well where was I Jeremiah, he's witnessing the destruction of the city of Jerusalem. The temple is in ruins. People are killed. People are sold into slavery. The book is pretty bleak, just to warn you if you read it, okay? It even says at one point there was no food, and the people were even turning to cannibalism because they just didn't have any food. I mean, can you just imagine what it must have been like? And... He writes, as their lives are falling apart. And I don't know whether you've been through stuff where you feel like your life is falling apart. Maybe you've been through overwhelming circumstances. And maybe you can relate a little bit to what Jeremiah is writing about. But in the midst of this bleak book, we will find some little nuggets of hope. Okay, so let's look at this. This is Jeremiah. He's writing. Look what he says. Can you, I just want you to catch the tone of Jeremiah's voice. He says, I have been so deprived of peace. I have so forgotten what happiness is that I think my strength is gone and so is my hope in the Lord. Can you, can you hear what, what he's writing there? his sadness and his worry, and he says, I'm depressed. You see that? These things are on my mind. It's why I'm depressed. He's he's witnessing such terrible situation. But then, as always with Scripture, we get that wonderful moment where there comes that hope. And there's some verses that I'm sure many of you will know because you've sung them this morning. He says, but in my mind, I keep returning to something. Something that gives me hope. That the Lord's loving kindness never ceases. 
and his mercy never ends. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You probably know those words, right? Maybe didn't know they were from Lamentations. But when we see this shift within the prophet Jeremiah, and, you know, I think about this. Maybe you can give testimony. I wonder if I've passed a microphone around. You could all give witness to times where God has been faithful in your life. Do you think you could do that? Yeah. Parts in your life where, where maybe you, you felt like things were not going the way that you wanted it to. And yet God was still faithful. And I love this, this idea of this, the unchanging characteristic of God. That no matter what we go through, his mercies are new every morning. That just like Samuel in our story, God is a God of love and his mercies are new every morning. And that can encourage us, can't it, in the midst of what is a difficult time. And like you, I've been through some tough stuff in my life. We all go through it. But these verses actually helped me greatly over the past few years to know that every morning I knew that his mercies were there for me. And I knew I could have hope and I could call to mind how great his faithfulness was. So the Bible tells us that God is faithful. But what does it mean to be faithful? So I want to look at another verse with you quickly, if I may. This is from Deuteronomy. Um, Hopefully you know your Bible history. Do you know your Bible history? You know where Deuteronomy fits? Some of you, yes. Some of you, not sure. So God's people come out of Egypt. Do you remember that? Remember the plagues and Moses and they all come out of Egypt and then they go to Mount Sinai and God gives them his ways and um, his instructions and everything's going great. And then what happens? They wander for 40 years in the wilderness on a journey that should have only taken them a couple of days. I mean, can you imagine that? Two-day journey takes you 40 years. Why? They They were moaning. They were complaining. They were grumbling. I know nobody would ever do that in this church. But, you know, sometimes we can do that, can't we? And, and they end up wandering around. And it's not really a great situation. But finally, here in the book of Deuteronomy, they're about to enter into the promised land. They're about to reach the place that God had promised to them. And it says this, Know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God. He's God. This is what God is saying. I'm God. And then God describes himself. The faithful God. God describes himself, a characteristic, as the faithful God. Now, I, I love to study the Bible and I love to kind of unpack the Bible. And often to do that, you have to go back to the original language. So if you're in the New Testament, you've got to look at it in the Greek. And in the Old Testament, you have to look at it in the Hebrew. Okay? And sometimes when I'm preaching, I feel like the, the guy out of... Anyone seen the film, My Big Fat Greek Wedding? Yeah? I, sometimes I feel like the father of the 
bride, you know, because every word he says, oh, wait, in the Greek it means this. So I sometimes feel like that. But in the Hebrew this time, this word that is used for the faithful God, I I don't know if you know what word it is. You may be surprised because it's a word you will probably use all the time. Okay? Because it is the word, amen. Did you know that? In Hebrew, that's the word. Now, for many of us, when we finish a prayer, we say the word, amen, don't we? Anyone know why? (laughs) Well, actually, there, there are different usages of this word. It can mean, so be it. Okay. In other words, what you're saying at the end of a prayer, you're saying whatever has been said, I take hold and I apply it to my life so that it would, it would happen. But another usage of this word is that God is the faithful God. It's really interesting, isn't it, that as you come to the end of your prayer, you say, Amen, you are saying you are praying to the faithful God. And by the way, you know it says when we say in Jesus' name. Have you ever wondered why you say that as well? That's an interesting one, isn't it? We, it it's like a natural thing, isn't it? When we come to the end of the prayer, oh, in Jesus' name, amen. Try and do it as quickly as possible. It's interesting, isn't it? Because Jesus, when he said how to pray, he said, our, what did he say? Father. He said, our Father, this is how we pray. We pray to the Father. And then he says, of course, we know that we have in Jesus' name. How do we come to the Father? Well, we come to the Father through Jesus, don't we? He's the door. We come through the door to the Father. Is that that that, that old hymn that I grew up singing? Oh, come to the Father through Jesus. Do you remember that one? To God be the glory. Anyone remember that one? Give it, yeah? Yeah. We come to the Father, the faithful Father, through Jesus the Son. And that's why we pray in Jesus' name. And you end that prayer with God, the faithful King. It's actually interesting. It's, it's from a, a Hebrew phrase. I won't give it to you. But that's what it means. It means God, faithful King. That's what amen means. It's beautiful. So God describes himself as the faithful king he is the faithful god and if this will work there we go so we see so what does it mean for god to be faithful it says he is the faithful god who keeps his covenant and his loving kindness to a thousand generations by the way that that phrase thousand generations just means forever okay it's a hebrew idiomatic expression means forever. It doesn't mean when you get to like a thousand and one, God's not going to be faithful. Okay? With those who love him and keep his commands. What do we find in this passage? How do we know God is faithful? Because he keeps his covenant. He keeps his agreement. All the way through the Bible, God is a covenant-making and a covenant-keeping God. All the way through the Bible, he makes um, agreements with people. Do you know some of those? Are you aware of some of those? He made, a, he made an agreement with a guy called Noah. Do you remember that? 
remember? And he said, I would never flood the earth again. There was a sign with that covenant. The rainbow. The rainbow, yeah. So God still keeps his promise, doesn't he? I mean, I saw a rainbow the other day. God still keeps his promise. It's a great what picture. God made a promise to a guy called Abraham. He made a covenant with Abraham. Do you remember that one? You'll be a blessing and through you all the families of the earth will be blessed. He made a covenant with Moses. He made one with David. If you want to read about that, that's 2 Samuel chapter 7. When he said, one of your descendants will sit on the throne forever. We have these covenants, don't we? These agreements. And then there was a new covenant. Okay, Jeremiah 31, if you want to read that one. And that's what Jesus said, wasn't it? Do you remember at the Last Supper? Did you remember that on maybe Maundy Thursday or Good Friday? When Jesus said, this is the blood of the new covenant, the new agreement, because God keeps his promises. And I don't know about you, but I'm particularly glad that God keeps his promises. So he keeps his promises and he is faithful. Now, will you allow me just for a second to get a little bit cerebral? Is that okay? Would that be all right? Okay. I want to give you a quote from an American pastor and author. Okay, if you know this guy, you'll know that, yeah, he's got this huge brain and can be a bit confusing. But this guy, his name is A.W. Tozer, and this is what he said. Faithfulness is that in God which guarantees that he will never be or act inconsistent with himself. Did you catch that? God's faithfulness is that attribute within himself that guarantees that he can't act inconsistent. He will always be who he says he will be. Even though we don't always do that. Do we? If we're honest. We're honest. If we're honest. You know, you think about God keeping his covenant. The promises that he made. Think of the promises he made to Israel. Think of what he said. When you read through your Bible. Did they keep those promises? Did they keep their side? Were they unfaithful? Were they disobedient? But God still kept his side. And aren't you glad? Because I don't know about you, but I'm entirely glad. Because that means that he'll keep his promise to me. Because I'm unfaithful. I can be disobedient sometimes. I get stuff wrong. Don't you? But God is still faithful. And it's incredible for me. And then that I'm just going to end with this. Uh, the passage that was in the book from Andrew Wilson. In Romans chapter 3. If you've read that chapter. These are the scriptures that he gives. And it says, what if some do not have faith? Will their lack of faith nullify God's faithfulness? What's really interesting and something for you to think about is when you see a passage of scripture like that, you've got a couple of verses 
The question I always ask is, what is the context? You have to ask, what's going on? Who is Paul talking about? What does he mean when he says, what if some? Who are the some? Do we know? Do you think it's important that we know? I, I, I think so. He says, what if some do not have faith? The some he's talking about are the Jewish people. Because if you read the first few uh, verses, one to three, he's talking about what, what advantage is there for someone to be Jewish or not Jewish? And he's saying, what if some do not have faith? Will their lack of faith nullify God's faithfulness? And Paul says, not at all. Some of you may have a Bible and it might say, heaven forbid. In other words, Paul is going, are you out of your mind? There is not a chance in the world that if somebody is unfaithful, it will change the fact that God is faithful and true. Do you see that picture? And that is an encouragement to me because I get stuff wrong. I know you find that hard to believe. I know pastors, they, they never do anything wrong, do they? But we do. And you do too. But the wonderful encouragement, you see, God's faithfulness all the way through the scripture reaches its climax at the cross. Jesus was faithful to the Father. And the Father was faithful to his promise of salvation. Kinga read a passage from Isaiah. She didn't know it was one of my favorite passages from Isaiah chapter 12. And she read a line and it talked about drinking and drawing from the wells of salvation. It's beautiful that Isaiah is a, just an incredible prophet. But in the Hebrew, if I can use that word salvation is the word Yeshua in Hebrew. It's beautiful. Do you know Yeshua? That would have been Jesus' Hebrew name. That was the name his mother would have given him. We have a, the version now as an anglicized version that we have. We call him Jesus, but his name was Yeshua. And that is the Hebrew word for salvation. And that salvation reaches its climax at the cross. And he was faithful to his father. And God is faithful to you and I. And I am so glad that God is indeed faithful and true. And we can have that forgiveness. And just like Samuel in our story, I just have that picture of him kneeling down before his son. And putting his hand on his shoulder and looking into his eyes and saying, Son, I love you. And I hope you have a great day. And remember, whatever happens, I am always there for you. And as we think about the fact that God's mercies are new every morning, we can start every day with a clean slate. And God wants to kneel in front of you and put his hand on your shoulder and say, my child, I love you. Have a great day. And remember, whatever you go through, I'll always be here for you. For me, that's what it means for God to be faithful and true. And I hope that'll be the takeaway this morning. I always like 
you to kind of be able to take something with you, kind of like the kids, you know, when they get their party bag and off they go. What's in your party bag this morning? I hope it will be that we can know that God is faithful and true. We can know that he loves you so much that he was willing, he was willing to send his only son so that you and I might have that hope that you would have celebrated last week, the hope of eternal life, the hope of salvation. And that in the midst of some of the struggles that we all face, if we are willing to admit those struggles, his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Let's pray together. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it, it is truth. We thank you that we are reminded continually that you are a faithful God. That you are true to your word and you never break your promise. Father, we thank you so much that even though we may mess up, we know that you are faithful. We thank you that we can come before your throne of grace, Lord, that we can rest in your presence, we can find joy with you, and that we can declare together that you are a faithful God. Father, I pray for this church, I pray for each person that is here this morning whatever the, the context of their own story. Father, I don't know, but you do. Father, I pray that you would minister to each one, that you would encourage us all to know that you have such love and compassion for each one of us. We thank you that you do want to put your arms of love around us and that you care for us so much. Father, we thank you and we give you all the praise and the glory that is due your name. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.